Welcome to Hope Assembly of God Online. We believe no matter the journey, there is always hope. This is a recording of our live Sunday sermon, unedited, uncut, real. When I went to the door, I saw Doug. And we've been friends for many years. And it just blessed my heart just to see him. I mean that. Uh, Doug and Lori are friends that we don't see them as often as we would like, but we pick up right where we left off, like no time has ever, ever passed. And so he's a good friend to us personally, and he's been a good friend to the church, always coming with a fresh and powerful word from God. And uh, he's a good friend, uh, if I can put it like this, to the lost, a passion for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we've had the privilege of partnering with them through the years, and we're excited to have them again. We scheduled this long before we had even heard of COVID-19. And God in his wisdom orchestrated everything and worked it out. Today is the day. Today is the day that we've been praying for and waiting for. And so I'm excited to introduce back to our church family, Doug Eccles and his dear wife, Lori. Amen, amen. Well, praise the Lord. It is great to be uh, here today, and uh, I am so glad that we get to be together. Praise the Lord. We're, uh, you know, uh, things are a little different in Oklahoma than New Jersey, all right? We probably have uh, a lot of issues, but uh, one of the great things is we have an Assemblies of God governor. So we have a little different things going on in our state, but. Uh, the children. The children can be dismissed. I'm sorry. Hey, Amen. I don't know what that means, but we like our governor a lot, and he's been very good to the church. But I'm so glad to see you, even though I can't tell if you're smiling or you're mad at me. But uh, it makes it a little difficult when you're preaching with people with their face covered. But you know what? We're here in the presence of the Lord. We're doing what he said, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves. And uh, I appreciate your pastor and his wife so very much. They have been friends of mine for a long time. I was actually born in the town where uh, Randy's from. Uh, I was born in Youngstown. Really, my dad pastored in Hubbard. So I talked to Randy's mother on the on on the, uh, well, on FaceTime today, and it was good to see her, and uh, I love their family so very much, and you are blessed here. God has given you a wonderful gift. I see others are friends of mine here, and uh, one of uh, Pastor Niles, very good friends, uh, uh, Pastor Snook and his wife Marilyn uh, is here. Why don't you just lift up your hands? We're so glad. When I pulled into town last night, I thought about Brother Snook a little bit. I came to his church when I was still a kid. And uh, they had me, and, and uh, it, a long story, but we have a long history together, and uh, I love Pastor Snook. We've been uh, probably 20 missions trips together, and uh, so we've seen each other uh, in good and bad, all right? What is good and bad? I, well, there's been a few times, you know, uh, like we go swimming, that might be the bad time when we see each other. <laughs> okay, but we've been uh, even in the Dead Sea together, praise the Lord. Good to see you. I love you so much and glad you're here today. And uh, uh, I know the Lord's going to do great things. You know, the year started out very strong 
and we went to Turks and Caicos where, uh, you know, most people go to Turks and Caicos for a vacation. Well, we went there to minister among the refugees from Haiti. There's thousands of refugees from Haiti that have fled to Turks and Caicos, and uh, we were able to do a crusade at night, feed thousands of people. We saw thousands of people come to the Lord Jesus. And then uh, we were working with the church there. They had uh, built a church 13 years ago, and they had holes where windows were supposed to be. What would it be like if you came to church uh, with holes for windows? But they'd had holes for 13 years. We were able to put in 42 windows while we were there. And uh, then we were able to speak at public schools. And I said, is there any restriction? They said, no restriction. These kids, the principal said, they need Jesus. I'm going to tell you, we need Jesus back in our schools, don't we? Amen. But uh, I I get a little nervous when I speak to teenagers sometimes still because I'm like an old man, you know. And and, uh, but one kid came forward really quick, and then it just seemed like everybody followed him. How many know the Lord, uh, the Word of God is still powerful? It's not always the messenger, it's the message that matters, amen? And uh, the preacher's important. He said, how will they hear without a preacher? But I'm going to tell you, you can preach the wrong message and nobody would get saved. But if you preach the cross, somebody's going to get saved, amen? And uh, so we had a great time there. We went to Argentina in uh, the month of February where we had crusades in three different locations. We had great meetings at night, uh, thousands coming to the Lord Jesus there. But one of the greatest days for me is when we went to the one of the largest prisons in Argentina, and uh, we were able to minister to all of the inmates, over 1,600 of them, and the Lord gave us favor there, and uh, then we also were able to uh, provide Bibles for all the inmates. God's good, amen? And then March came, where we started having challenges. How many understand, as a believer, challenges are normal, but defeat is unscriptural? I don't know about you today, but I I look out here and maybe you feel defeated, but I'm going to tell you something. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I want you to feel encouraged today. I didn't come here to beat you down. I didn't come here to tell you that, uh, you know, uh, uh, everything is going to just be wonderful. But I'm going to tell you, he's given us power and authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and nothing by any means shall hurt us. Do we believe that word? I believe the word of God today. But you know, Lori and I begin to think, you know, how's it going to work for us? The only way we make a living is by preaching. And churches shut down, so we're not preaching. How, how, what's going to happen? Uh, week after week, Things are canceling and canceling, and how's it going to happen? But you know what we found out? We found out, remember the widow woman in the Bible that had uh, just a, uh, really, she had a muffin. It said a little cake. She said, my son and I are going to eat this little cake, and then we're going to die. And then, but she gave, and when she gave, the Bible said that she, he, and her son did eat many days. The cruise of oil did not fail, neither did the oil. And I'm going to tell you, every time we went, we needed to feed children, or we needed to drill a water well. We went to the bank account, and there was enough, because the Lord provided. And we have found that all through this time, that we've been able to do at least three wells. 
wells every month. And God has been blessing in a great and mighty way. And, uh, you know, uh, we, we uh, have o- other open doors that have begun to happen. We've had doors open where uh, we've been able to preach the gospel in India and Pakistan and, and all through the Middle East. I'm now every Thursday central time at 10 a.m. Uh, we're on Jesus Christ World TV, which uh, it's translated into 20 languages. Most of them are Arabic or or Hindu or Middle Eastern languages where a lot of the gospel is being preached. And this was an open door. What looked like closed door, the Lord opened a door. And uh, people are getting saved. And we want to thank this church. There are partners with us individually, but this church has partnered with us for many, many years. And we want to thank you uh, for what you have done. We believe the best is yet to come. And we're so thankful for what God's doing. I want you to watch a little video this morning. And as you watch the video, let the Lord speak to you and uh, let Him uh, just get in your heart as you see the faces of people. All right? This is a time of transition, that you go tonight from one condition to another, that something is changing in the heavenly realm. The atmosphere is changing on your behalf. got a few of those videos, but I want to say thank you. And you know what? Uh, One of the greatest uh, opportunities we had, you know, Pastor Snook's here, and it's a very good thing. Uh, There's a church up on the top of a mountain in Haiti that uh, they built, their church built, and there's a school going on there. But that mountain has about 7,000 people living on that mountain, and there's no running water on that mountain. All the to buy water. Water is about 50 cents for a five-gallon bucket, like the bucket you get from Lowe's or Home Depot. That bucket costs 50 cents for clean water, but that may not think that's very much for you and I, but if you took a shower today, they say the average American shower is about 17 and a half gallons. So you can see how it would get costing money. But when you understand the amount 
that a Haitian makes. A Haitian average is less than $500 a year. I didn't say month, I didn't say a week. I said less than $500 a year. 50 cents is very expensive. So most of the children that die under the age of five, it's preventable. They die because of dysentery, because of dirty water. So we have been able to provide a water well at, at the bottom of that mountain. We'd like to have done it at the top because water runs downhill, but we had problems getting machinery to the top, okay? So the, the water well's at the bottom of the mountain, and we've got a generator. We've got a, uh, a pump on that, and it is pumping water out, and it's going to be in four locations on that mountain where all 7,000 get free water. And I'm going to tell you, at the bottom of that hill, there's a street. They play soccer on it. Uh, when the restrictions are lifted for me to, uh, I don't have to quarantine 14 days there and 14 days back in the U.S., I will be back in Haiti, and I will be preaching the gospel on that street, and we're expecting those people that have got natural water, we're expecting them to receive the living water. Amen? And thousands, I believe, are going to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what it's about. And uh, I, I'm going to challenge challenge you today as you hear the message, let God speak to you. There's somebody, I, I think your pastor is going to challenge you to give, but I'm going to challenge somebody here to pay for a whole well. I know you could do it. $1,500 is not very much. You won't even miss it in a month. You say, oh, you don't know. Well, I, I do know how it goes. We sometimes think we're out, but we're not out like some of the world is out. We somehow, the Lord still provides. And I want to just challenge you to get involved, but we're going to preach the gospel here in a moment. I want to mention a few things out in the foyer that we have. I have the book that I've written, Faith for the Holy Ghost. It's out there uh, for $10. I also have it translated into Spanish. That's one of the things that I've been able to do during uh, uh, this time is I got a few things done that I've been wanting to do for a while. And then I have a new book that I've written, uh, Rock Solid Principles for prosperity. I talk about why some do not prosper, why some have strife, struggle, and confusion. And I'm going to answer a question that a lot of people ask me. Should I give to get? And you may have all kinds of answers. The only way you're going to find out my answer is by the book, all right? Uh, and it's $10. And uh, then uh, we have some sermons on MP3, uh, seven sermons on this card, seven on this. If you don't know what MP3 is, you probably don't want to get that. If you have a computer, you could get, put them down on there. But uh, those are $10 a piece. And then uh, one of the things that you know I love to say is the word whatever, all right? I was born a smart aleck, never been redeemed from that. And uh, I love the word whatever, but I love the word on the back a lot better. Philippians 4, 8, whatever's just, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, you think on these things. And that shirt is uh, going to get softer and softer as you wash it. It's going to become your favorite shirt. It's worth about $15, but I sell it for 20 Everybody say Whatever. Okay, now you know how to use the word whatever, but uh, you say, why do I sell it for 20 I can feed five kids a meal for that extra $5, and this morning, Lori and I, uh, we tried to get a Dunkin' Donuts, but the line was too long, so we went through McDonald's, and uh, I, I don't know, I think the bill was about $8 and something, you know, for uh, a biscuit and a coffee and a drink, and uh, you know what, we, we're not going to miss it. 
that extra five bucks, you can bless somebody, a child, and the gospel will be presented to them. So pick up some of those shirts. We take cash, credit, debit, whatever you want, is a, uh, however you want to pay out there, okay, out in the foyer, and uh, let it be a blessing to somebody. All right, praise the Lord. Stand with me, if you will. Praise the Lord. I want to look to Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse number 1. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse number 1, and we'll get there together. Here we go. It's on the screen. Why don't we just read it together? All right, let's just look at it and read it together. Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. Father God, we thank you for your word today. May the Word of God penetrate every one of our hearts and penetrate our, our life today. And I pray, Lord, for mercy uh, for America. Lord, in the name of Jesus, send us a revival. Send a move of God. Save the lost. Heal the sick. Uh, we come against corona now in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we're asking for your mercy. We don't really know what to do, but we need your help. If we've ever needed your help, we need it now in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, I pray today that, uh, uh, that faith would arise in our heart. And, Lord, we'll respond to the Word of God in a strong and a mighty way. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, why don't you tell your neighbor, I see great things coming your way. And you might be seated, all right? I see great things coming your way. Amen. Amen. Uh, Ecclesiastes 11.1, 1, I believe, says, Cast your bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. I believe we should obey God in giving. And he's saying, as we do, it will return to us. Blessings will return to the one who is generous and hospitable. If we're willing to give ourselves to meet the needs of others, God will see it to uh uh, that our needs are being met and he will reward us for our kindness. Look, I don't believe what has happened in 2019 with our ministry. We have not taken a step back. We've actually been able to do more than ever before. And I believe it's because we understand that cast your bread upon the water and it will return to you. You obey God in your giving and it will return to you. When you invest in missions... You're partnering with God. You're connecting. Now, we think that, uh, you know, worship is just when we come in and sing, give thanks. But really, our worship uh, is part of this. How many understand that today that millions need to hear the gospel? Millions and millions need to hear. And nations need to be blessed. And uh, the church needs to be made stronger. I want to look at Philippians 1.5. It says, for your fellowship, for your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. I want to say thank you to this church that you have been partners with us. But Paul was talking to the church. He said, I, I want to thank you for your partnership in the gospel. And I have found out that, uh, you know, uh, I can go fast alone, but if I want to go far, we got to go together. 
There's something about, uh, if I want to go really fast, they say go alone. But if you want to go far, you go together. Listen, every time that we see somebody give their heart to Jesus, people from Hope Assembly of God, you're a part of that. You uh, are a part of that because we are partners in the gospel. Every time we drill a well, we are partners. Every time we feed a child and present the gospel, we are partners. And when you get involved in mission, you're giving to the God who saved you, who delivered you, who helps you, who loves you, and blessed you. So if he did anything good for you, you need to help and do it for others. One of the things you'll learn in life, and I've learned it, is uh, that somewhere along the way, you're going to definitely need divine assistance. I, I, I'm going to tell you something. I, when I was young, I thought, I can do this, you know, and you flex. You know, well, I'm going to tell you something. I found out I need his help every day. I can do all things. I don't stop there. Through Christ. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And the truth today is you're going to make it because Christ is strengthening you. You're going to get through the week. You're going to get through uh, this year because Christ is strengthening you. We all need God's help. I'm asking for his mercy today. But investing in missions is one way to really connect with God. This morning, Pastor talked about giving your tithes and, and offering. And, and uh, listen, when we give our tithes, it opens up the windows of heaven. It rebukes the devourer for your sake. But when we give our offerings, especially to the less fortunate uh, or the less privileged of our society, and we sponsor the spread of the gospel, it is one way that we can connect with God. I want to talk to you today just for a few minutes on why we should invest in missions. Your pastor told me to talk about missions. Don't blame him for the investing part, okay? I added that. But I believe uh, we need to get involved. And investing is not just money, but we need to go and we need to send. And, and uh, we do need to give. But uh, I believe why we should invest in missions, number one, is we are exhibiting love. How many understand it demonstrates love or proves our love? 2 Corinthians 8.2 says how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded under the riches of their liberality. Paul is speaking here that the churches of Macedonia, Philippi, Thessalonica, and Berea, they had given money to the poor uh, at Jerusalem, and uh, they had given even though all those places, Macedonia, Philippi, Thessalonica, and Berea were poor. And they had sacrificially given more than Paul even expected. Now, I, I, it makes me understand something. Poverty is not an excuse not to give. We go to Haiti, and I don't always preach outdoor crusade, but I sometimes on Sundays especially will preach in the local church. And, and they will give an offering, and you'll find that these people are, are giving. And they don't, every one of them get out of their seat and come and bring something. I was at a church one Wednesday morning, and they had about 8,000 in attendance at 6 a.m. All right, you know, uh, some of us don't even know that 6 a.m. comes in the morning. You know, we think it comes only at night. And uh, 
But at 6 a.m., they had about 8,000 people. But every one of them were giving, and they looked like they were giving joyfully. Now, they may not have had a lot to give because the pastor, I said, uh, he says to me, how much do you think the offering was today? I said, well, you know, like if everybody gave a dime, that's like $800. Okay? That's how my mind worked. Okay? And he said, uh, well, today the offering was 80 I said, well, that's not very good because I put 50 in myself. <laughs> but even though they didn't have much to give, it was no excuse not to give. When we go to Africa, one of the greatest things I love is when they take an offering because the people get excited. They play happy music. They don't play, you know, uh, something sad, but they play something happy, and the people hold their money in their hand, and they dance down the aisle. I don't dance very good. I kind of dance like Jed Clampett, you know. But they have some moves. But they're giving joyfully because the Bible said God loves a cheerful giver. Listen to me today. The seed many of you have planted has been watered over the years. And the Bible said you plant and you uh, water, you will have a harvest. But I'm going to tell you that what I've learned about planting and sowing is uh, if you were uh, to plant something in your yard, you water it, but you might fertilize it. And the fertilizer may make it even grow better and more better beautiful and uh, it will make your grass grow and you got to get it cut more often but I will tell you something fertilizer for your seed in the kingdom of God is when you give cheerfully that's fertilizer and it will make your seed grow in an exponential way in June I got a phone call from an organization uh, that I have an emissions account with. And I don't even hardly mess with it. It's so small. It takes two years just to get enough money to buy maybe a plane ticket to Haiti. And I, I wait until I got some money in it. It's, it just keep, adds up a little bit every month. They called me and said in June, they said, Doug, you got an account here, and you got $2,500 in it. That's a lot more than I expected. They said, what do you want to do with it? Now, we're in June. We're not preaching that much. I could have said, send it to me. The missionary needs to eat. But you know what? I said, look, let's send it to Haiti. Let's feed some kids and present the gospel to them. And you know what? As we did, the Lord provided. It was, I gave cheerfully, and it was fertilizer to our seed. Listen, remember the woman uh, that was at the, uh, uh, well, at the temple. I'm not going to read it, but it's found in Matthew 12. I have it on a PowerPoint slide if you want to put it. But it talks about a certain poor widow woman. That's what she was called, certain poor widow woman. How would you like that to be your name, certain poor widow woman? That's the name given to her, and she gave two mites. Jesus is watching as people give. And as he's watching, he says, this woman has put more in than you all. So it must not have been the amount, but he said, if you are giving, uh, there's something, it's measured by your generosity, it's measured by love, it's measured by devotion, and it's measured by sacrifice. Jesus commended her giving. So that tells me even if you're poor, we have no excuse not to give. I'm preaching better than your amen in here today. But you're never too poor to give to God. You cannot be too poor to give. In God's eyes, I'm going to say something. He called her certain poor widow woman. We would say, that sounds like she's a nobody. 
But you know, in God's eye, nobody is a nobody, and everyone is a somebody. Are you listening to me today? I'm talking to somebody today. You say, I come in here, I don't feel like I'm very significant. As you are part of this family of God, you are partners in the gospel, and when we win somebody to Jesus, you win somebody to Jesus. When we drill a well, you drill a well. You're somebody, and besides that, the Bible said that you are an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ Jesus. You have royal blood flowing in your veins, you are important in the kingdom of God. Can I get an amen in here today? I'm trying to lift somebody up, and I hope that you'll leave here better than you came. Jesus honored the widow woman that gave her very all. I remember preaching in a church in Oklahoma, and uh, I'd been there Sunday through Wednesday in revival, and the pastor gave me an envelope, and I stuck it in my jacket, and uh, it was the love offering, and and then uh, as I'm walking out, a girl that was 18, uh, maybe soon to be 19, I knew her because she's helped me with artwork. And uh, I have messengered, used, uh, uh, you know, email and messenger her because she helps me with some artwork for my ministry. She came up and handed me a big envelope. It was the uh, same size, but it was a lot fatter. And I stuck that in my uh, coat pocket as well. I didn't think anything about it. I, I said, thank you. I didn't know what was in it. Usually I get a big fat envelope. It's somebody that printed something off the internet and want to give me a prophecy. Okay, that's what I thought it was. Is everybody okay? You know, because that, that's one of the five-fold ministry gifts. You, we give out envelopes with weird prophecies. Okay, I'm just messing around here. Come on, everybody okay? So I had that in my pocket, and I went to Buffalo Wild Wings after church. I went by myself. I'm having uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, or, uh, you know, I'm having, yeah, Buffalo Wings. And, uh, and I'm eating them, and I didn't even, I still haven't looked what's in my pocket. Get back to the hotel, take my jacket off, and I, I see that envelope. I open up the one for the church. It was okay. Uh, it was supposed to be a love offering, but there wasn't much love. <laughs> And then uh, I, I opened the other offering, um, the other envelope, excuse me, and instead of being a piece of paper, it was money. I began to count it. There was more money in that other offering, or other envelope than there was in the whole church offering. And so I text the girl that gave me the, the envelope, and I said, thank you. Tell your mom and dad thanks. She said, that wasn't from my mom and dad. I know her mom and dad are wealthy enough they could have given that. She said, that wasn't from my mom and dad. That was money that I've been saving up for a car. She said, but I have a bigger dream. She said, I want to go and go on the mission field. I want to go to Russia. And she said, but I believe that this is a seed. And will you pray for me? I prayed. Three months later, I got a text back from her. She said, I'm fully funded to go to Russia to be a missionary. And she said, and by the way, somebody in the church gave me a brand new car. Now, you say, is that a coincidence? Well, how is it that coincidences stop happening when we quit sowing and we quit praying? All right, I'm preaching good here today, but I believe whatever and how you sow is the way you reap. Listen, 2 Corinthians 8, 2 said, though they have been going through much trouble and hard times, this is living Bible, they have mixed their wonderful joy with their deep poverty, and the result has been an overflow of giving to others. Now, I believe that we should invest in missions. Number two, why should we invest in missions? Number two, we are blessed to be a blessing. 
Do you realize every one of us in here are blessed to be a blessing? Abraham, the Bible said, was blessed to be a blessing. And uh, the Bible says very clearly that we are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. In uh, uh, chapter uh, 8 of Romans, we find that uh, we are heirs uh, uh, and we are sons and daughters of Abraham. If you be Christ, you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. See, you and I, we are very fortunate that somebody told us about Jesus Christ. They t somebody told us about God loving us and that he gave his only son to be our sacrifice. I feel very fortunate. I grew up in a godly family. And I, I, my wife, uh, she grew up and heard the gospel. Somebody told her about Jesus in an Assemblies of God church. She went and heard the good news. Even though she grew up religious, she heard that she must be born again. We are fortunate, somebody has told us, and we need to tell somebody else. What kind of people will we be if we don't tell other people about the good things that the Lord has done for us. There's not a limit on God's love. He doesn't just say, I poured it all out on you and nobody else can have any. He poured it out on me, he poured it out on you, and he pours it out on anybody that will receive. Listen today, I believe that we need to understand that when we sow and when we invest in missions, we are blessed to be a blessing. Remember in Acts chapter 10, there was a man by the name of Cornelius. He gave alms to the poor, and he prayed to God always. But something happened. He really, he invested in other people's lives, and uh, something happened. When he invested in others' lives, there was spiritual well-being for his family. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit came in Acts chapter 10, and I believe if you help God or if you help the poor, God will help you with your house. Can I get a better amen in here? Now, Proverbs 19, 17 said, He accepts our gifts to the needy as if they were given directly to him. Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will repay him for his deed. Why should we invest in missions today? I believe it is to make God look good. It makes God look good. Don't do your giving to make you look good, but make God look good. I, I, I'm going to tell you something. I, I put up something on Facebook this week, and I don't always have something profound, but I had something I actually liked that I put up. You know, I said, live your life uh, in a way that... Uh, Maybe you need to look it up for me, Lori. I'm, I'm losing it here. Can you help me quickly? Live your life in a way that... Give your life in a way that gives the gospel a good reputation. Sometimes Christians give the gospel a bad reputation. That we One day we're... Because a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. But a single-minded man is stable in all of his ways. That's why I've stuck with let's win souls, let's win souls, let's win. I want to be stable, amen? That's what I'm focusing on. But I'm going to say the Word of God says in Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Let your light shine that he may see your good works or your deeds. Listen, I believe we need to give into the missions work so we make God look good. How many understand that giving is always connected to the harvest? 
Let me explain something I learned about the harvest. I grew up in Oklahoma. We had two things. We had gas, oil, well, three things, gas, oil, and wheat. Okay, that's it. So uh, those are the things we love in Oklahoma. If you don't like those things, well, you pr that mash you have on probably has some oil in it, all right? If you love that mash, that's what it's probably got a little bit in it. All, everything has, everything's connected. But listen, when we had wheat farmers in my dad's church, one of them had like 7,500 acres of wheat. He was the smallest farmer we had in the church. Uh, smallest amount of wheat. But he called my dad one day and he said, uh, Brother Eccles, he said, wheat harvest is on. Now, we get out of school about the middle of May in Oklahoma because that's when wheat, you plant in October, wheat comes in the middle of May. As you go up further north, it gets later, all right? Kansas, it's the end of May. Nebraska, it's the big, you know, middle of July. You know, South Dakota, it's, it, that's how it works, okay? So, here we are. We're in the wheat harvest. He said, Brother Eccles, we're in the middle of wheat harvest. Everybody, we let school out because kids used to get involved in the harvest. The families got involved. Mom, dad, they brought food to the, to the field. You didn't go out back home and eat. You ate in the field and kept working because harvest was important. But the uh, farmer calls my dad and he says, look, Brother Eccles, he said, my brother-in-law has fallen sick. He was driving the wheat truck from the field to the grain elevator. You got to get the wheat to the grain elevator or you don't get paid. He said he's fallen sick. He's in the hospital. We don't have anybody to drive the wheat back and forth today. Do you know anybody? My dad hung up the phone. He said, I'll, he said, I'll, I'll look. I'll think about it. He hung up the phone. He picked up the phone almost immediately, called the farmer back. He said, look, I'll be out there to help you in just a few minutes. My dad pastored the largest church in that town, over 800 in that church, and, and he could have done a lot of things that day, but he dropped everything because he was saying the harvest is more important than anything. I believe we live in a day, we call it the last days. Do you believe Jesus is coming soon? I do. I believe the trumpet could sound at any moment. The shout could go up at any moment. I believe the harvest is very soon, but I believe harvest is more important than anything. We have got to bring in the harvest. His coming is near, but we need to be ready, and we need to bring in the harvest. How many believe that today? Harvest is important. My dad taught me a great lesson that day. Uh, listen, I believe and train up a child in the way that he should go, and he will not depart from it. He taught me something that day. It was a training that I got. Listen, I'm, I'm about done here. I'm not going to take a lot longer, but why should we invest in missions? Number four, to lay up treasures in heaven. Listen, does heaven need your money? Heaven's wealthy. Streets of gold, pearly gates, walls of jasper, a mansion built for you and I. It's far better than this earth, by the way. Are you, are you with me? There'll be no mask in heaven. Somebody say hallelujah. All right, but listen, heaven's going to be wonderful. But the truth is, he said, we're to lay up treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust does corrupt, Matthew 6, 20, where thieves do not break through nor steal. So what are the treasures in heaven? If I'm to lay up treasures in heaven, does heaven need my money? I'm going to tell you, I don't believe that. But I believe people are the treasures in heaven. Why did God send his only begotten son, his most precious commodity, his son, he sent to be the sacrifice for you and I and the sins of the world. And uh, I believe it's because God values 
souls. God values people, and people are the treasures in heaven. And the Bible shows that anything we put in God's hand is an investment in eternity. Now, I believe uh, uh, many times the lost are not open to the gospel until somebody uh, who knows Christ helps meet their needs. That's why we are drilling water wells. It's not because water gets somebody saved, but when I give them natural water, it opens up their heart for living water. When I give a meal to kids, it's just the dinner bell. You know, they come for that, but they hear the gospel, and when they hear the gospel, they get saved. That's what it is about. See, these are all things the lost are not open. They don't want, they can't eat a Bible, but if you give them some food and hand them a Bible, it helps. Water wells open people's hearts for living water. Listen, why should we invest in missions? Number five, and I'm going to close with this one. We should be the answer to someone else's prayer. We can be the answer to someone else's prayer. When you give, you can be the answer to somebody else's prayer. Let me explain that. I was preaching in Haiti. I was with my daughter. We were at a church that was probably no bigger than this platform. It was all dirt floor, tin rusty walls, hotter than the living daylights, okay? I mean, it, you, you're just sweating like crazy. And uh, we, we probably had 500 kids on the platform area. That's how many, they were just crammed in there because they're going to get a free meal. And we always give some candy and, or a toy or something with it. But uh, food's more important than a toy or candy. All right, so we're feeding these kids and we're presenting the gospel to them. The pastor comes to me, Ebenezer Baptist Church. He says, I want to take you outside. He said, I want to show you something. He could speak a little bit of broken English, and we're using the interpreter as much as we need. And he brings me outside. I knew we had dr drilled a water well there. He said, I want to show you the water well. He was so happy. He begins talking about it. He said, we have been praying for God to give us a well in this community for 13 years. He said, we get our water from the river for 13 years we've been praying. Tears begin to run down his face. He points to me. He said, you are the answer to our prayers. Now listen, tears begin to run down my face. I don't get that. Uh, I, I'm not very emotional about things anymore. I've seen so much pain that I have a little skin on me now. But that touched me. Because I always thought it's God that answers prayer. The Bible says in Luke 6, 38, given it shall be given, pressed down, shaken together, running over, men shall give unto your bosom. You realize in Haiti today and around the world there are moms that are in, maybe they're in church, maybe they're not in church, but prayer works in and out of church. They're praying that, Lord, send somebody to help me feed my kids this week. Because even in Haiti, because of the corona, they've shut down the border to the Dominican Republic, and that's where they got most of their food in the north, so food prices have skyrocketed. They, it costs just as much to eat in Haiti as it does in America, and yet they only make $500 a year. How are they eating? They're barely surviving, if that. They're praying, God, send somebody to feed my children. Send somebody that we might have water. When I went to another well with my daughter to take pictures, we get there very early and there's about 30 ladies sitting around the water well, all using a, a scrub board and a bucket. They're washing clothes and they're all laughing because this is the local laundromat. 
And, the, and they found out I, that we had drilled the well for them. And they lined up and they hugged me one after another. Some of the ladies got in line twice. <laughs> I don't know what that meant, but I didn't go for thirds, all right? So I'm still okay. But listen, you can be an answer to somebody else's prayer by your giving, by your investing in missions. There's people that are waiting. And you can make your life count for the kingdom of God. Sometimes we say, well, you know, what, what am I doing? 2019 or Corona-19, COVID-19, 2020 has been a weird year. But I'm going to tell you something. You can still make your life count in, in 2020. We've decided we're not going to let corona happen to us. We're going to happen to it. You say, oh, what does that mean? Don't get all, don't get all like I think I'm too good. I had corona, and I got through it, okay? I was down bad, but I won't, it's not, I'm not here to glorify the devil. The devil's a liar, but Jesus is greater, amen? God's a good God. The devil's a bad devil. I hadn't been sick in 25 years, but I'm going to tell you, it about took me down. But I'm going to tell you, I'm not walking in fear. My wife slept in the same bed, didn't get it. So go figure. Okay, so I only told you that because I'm not discounting it's not real. I'm just telling you the devil's a liar. And I've decided I'm not letting that affect my life where I'm not going to spread the gospel. My life is going to count in 2020 uh, no matter what the world says, no matter what the government does, no matter what the governor does, no matter what the state says, no matter what the mayor says. No ma I don't really care. I'm going to tell you, the gospel needs to be preached. And I can be an answer to somebody's prayer, and so can you. Listen, I want you to stand with me today. When y'all read the Bible, there's a story about Simon Peter, some men come to him and say, does your master pay taxes? And uh, he says, yes. And then he goes back to Jesus. He says, hey, Jesus, do we pay taxes? All right. Simon Peter, he was a piece of work. Jesus said, yeah, well, look, we don't really need to, but so we don't offend them. Go to the sea, catch the first fish you catch, open his mouth, you're going to find tax money for you and I. Simon Peter could have said, look, Jesus, I am a professional fisherman Fish do not have money in their mouth. But when God wants to bless you, he'll ask you to do something that takes faith. And all over this building today, I believe God wants to bless you, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. Are you understanding me? We need to be God pleasers today. Do something. Invest in missions because you can do something that pleases God today. Ask the Lord what he'd have you to do all over this building. I want you to close your eyes and bow your heads. And I want to ask a very simple question today uh, before we do anything else, before I turn it back to your pastor. Is there anyone here today that if you died, you're not sure that you're ready to meet the Lord and you need prayer today? Would you just lift up your hand? I'm not asking you to come forward. You just lift up your hand. Say, I'm not where I should be with the Lord and I need your prayer today. Would you lift up your hand in this building? Is there anyone? Father God, have mercy. If you're going to watch on YouTube, if you're not sure, we want to pray with you too. Just contact us. We'll pray with you. Is there anybody today? Now listen, I want you to look at me today. Everybody look at me for a moment. 
Here in a moment, I'm going to turn it back to the pastor. He's going to speak to you. But I want to do something. I, I don't know. Uh, I get, you know, I know you're not touching each other and praying, but if you need special prayer, you know, some of you are going through a lot. I, I want to pray for you. And, and uh, Glory, come here. Let me tell you how I'm going to pray for you. Step up here on the platform. You look good. All right? If you come for prayer, I'm going I'm to put my hand on your shoulder. I won't be in your face, and I'll just pray this way. But I want to, some of you need God to touch you today. You need a prayer, I'll pray with you. You say, do I, are you nervous? Whatever. But I believe that somebody needs prayer today. After Randy does what he's going to do, I'll stick around here at the front if you want prayer, okay? And I, I won't get all Pentecostal in your face, okay? Is that good? Okay, I'm not doing this everywhere. We're only doing this in New Jersey. If I were in Oklahoma, I'd be in your face Pentecostal. But I understand, okay? But I want you to let that fear be lifted in the name of Jesus. I believe the safest place you can be is in the altar in God's house. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Do what the Lord tells you to do today. Somebody here can do a whole well. If the Lord speaks to you, they're $1,500. But just do what the Lord would have you to do. Pastor, come on. Thank you for listening to Hope Online Podcast. For more information about Hope Assembly of God, go to www.godgivesyouhope.com or download our app in the App Store.